Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's episode 104, we have Nathan Meltz back on the podcast to talk about the Screen Print Biennial, which runs this year from September to October. The exhibition is set to take place at the Art Center of the Capital Region in Troy, New York. And they do have a Kickstarter campaign going on right now to have a really amazing catalog of the 30 artists featured in the exhibition. We do discuss it at length in the podcast, so stay tuned for that if you want to find out how you can support it and get some artwork for yourself. If you're listening to this for the very first time because your friend shared this link and you're checking it out, we want to remind you that Studio Break is a podcast and blog site. We feature a variety of artists and curators, different guests that come on and talk about their practice. Maybe it's their artwork or history or a project that they're doing, and they're all available on studiobreak.com. All of the posts have images of the artist's work or projects. They have links to websites and other information, and also links to the iTunes store where you can subscribe to the podcast, which I think is a great way to stay up to date with what's going on. If you're part of the Tumblr universe, you can check us out at studio-break on Tumblr. You can follow our Twitter page, that's at Studio Break. And, of course, we do have a Facebook page where you can find out about great things like our annual competition coming up this May 31st, our Jura this year. We're very excited to have Richard Holland from the Bad at Sports Art Podcast. We will be posting more information shortly, but it will follow our similar competitions. Again, nine winners from three different categories, BFA, MFA, and Professional. And we will be hooking up artists with some solo exhibitions. So if you'd like to find a new platform to share some of your work, please consider checking it out. Again, you can easily like our Facebook page and stay up to date that way. And now that we're done with those little announcements, here is Nathan Meltz talking about the Screen Print Biennial. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break. I'm really happy to be joined this morning by Nathan Meltz. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me, David. I recently saw that there was a Kickstarter for uh, the Screen Print Biennial on the East Coast, you know, Thought it'd be fun to have you on and, and learn a little bit more about that, and especially just because, you know, we like, to, we like to talk to some printmakers and see what's going on. So thanks again for taking the time. Oh, I, I appreciate it. You know, why don't we start out a little bit by just talking about what the uh, project is. You're the curator of it, and um, we can go from there. Sure. So back in August, I came up with this concept to start a screen print biennial because, you know, long story short, I, I was thinking about all these different obscure biennials that happen all around the world for different sorts of printmaking. And it seemed like there was this giant void that there is no screen print biennial. And so I went online to look for some and I still couldn't find any. So I thought, well, it's time to start one. My home base is up here in upstate New York where I'm teaching, and I thought, well, let's just start here. And I started organizing and curating the Screen Print Biennial that will be based off of one main exhibit in September and starting at one institution. And I curated uh, the work kind of early on as an invitational exhibit for this first biennial, and then kind of set my feelers out for people who might be interested in helping. Found a core group of about six other people, and we formed this sort of coordinating team. Then grew the biennial from one main exhibit into a main exhibit with three other satellite exhibits 
here in Troy, as well as having some site-specific work that will be installed by this artist, Tanya Torgensen, who is going to be coming to the biennial down specifically to put out some site-specific work within the city. That's awesome. And and so are these all national different artists, regional artists, or how, how is that made up? It's all national artists. If we looked at the population of artists showing, it's everything from tenured printmaking professors to people who might consider themselves more professional designers to all sorts of working artists in between. I think one thing that's really exciting about that, especially the a way to kind of get more community and people that might be friends of artists or, you know, just people that are interested in, in, in the arts and the community to come check it out, just to make sure everybody knows. Well, how does the, the screen printing process work? It's, it's fairly straightforward, right? Sure. The screen printing process is probably the simplest of the, the hand print processes. It's basically you have stretched mesh over some stretcher bars. On this mesh, you create a stencil. And then you push ink through that stencil and you make an image. And it can get really more complex in terms of how that stencil is made. You know, there's some photographic elements that can be involved. But you know, when it comes down to it, it's really just a stencil work that's slightly more complicated. Well, and I, th- I think that's something that makes it so appealing, too, is it's accessible. You know? And I think that's one of the things that's evident, too, in, in terms of the way that the artists were selected. I mean, there's a, a nice big range. Again, it's very interesting because I think people might get a specific idea of, of what something is supposed to be. And then, you know, there's all these different ways to kind of work through it. So could you maybe talk about some of the, the differences in some of the artists? You know, that is the great thing about screen printing is the diversity. And part of the point of this exhibit is to draw out all the different applications of how it comes into the world of art and design that people might not know about. So you can have people like Jenny Schmidt, who, as part of her practice, will make prints on paper, but then she also will do works in which she'll take the same images and themes that she addresses in her print work and then show them in animation. So we have things like that. We have work like that of Josh McPhee and Fabiana Rodriguez, who are, have some similarities. They're both in the Just Seeds Collective, a very activist printmaking collective. And they utilize the element of printmaking and that lets you make lots and lots of prints, the concept of multiples. So they can make a lot of images and a lot of prints on different substrates, some more expensive and some less, so they can sell prints for cheaper and help disseminate their message uh, on a broader scale. And then we'll have people like somebody like Taryn McMahon, who uses printmaking as sort of a generator of images for installation. So she can make lots of things, incorporate them within sculpture and installation. Another screen print biennial artist, Sean Bitters, does a very similar sort of thing. He's using printmaking to make lots and lots of stuff. And then there's some people in the biennial who are very much skirt that uh, level of design and art, however you want to delineate that. So we have people like Little Friends of Printmaking who might make a total digital image. They might make a poster, promotional poster for a rock band. And then they might also make a print that's just for themselves. It has no, that is not within the gig poster realm, but very much they kind of travel between that print gig poster sort of area. There's people like Aesthetic Apparatus. They, they very much are respected within that graphic design world, the gig poster world, and the art print world. And there's people like Eric Brunbard who 
are screen printing with electroconductive ink and making circuits within prints and then attaching LEDs. So they're actually creating machines that are prints that work as machines. So there's this huge range from sculpture to print to design. And then again, there's people like Tanya Torgerson who is screen printing images, cutting them out, wheat pasting them into site-specific works out in the environment, very much in that sort of graffiti art, street art world. So I've tried to tap into a bunch of different veins of work that really represent the strengths of screen printing and all the things that it's doing and all of its applications within the world of art. Well, one thing that's interesting to me that, that stuck out from all that too is just the relationship of design in printmaking. I'm familiar with you know some printmaking practices. I know that, again, there's usually like a procedure that you're following along it's not some intuitive mess <laughs> is there a kind of a relationship to that that maybe is is unique to to printmaking and, and design work i think there's that level of tech technical knowledge but then something that do you do you think that like in terms of design and the the processes that printmakers use is something that kind of merges different groups together that you might not normally see yeah, I would, and actually Jenny Schmidt gives a really good talk about how she considers herself an artist working in the graphic arts. So let's say, like, say you work with bold, iconic images, big, harsh contrast, bold outlines, whether it's line art or you're using halftones or it's drawn with thick lines, maybe it's hand-drawn or it's vectored. These are things that translate across many different platforms. So they translate from printmaking to poster design, to animation. This concept of working within the graphic arts just allows you to work in a lot of different media. So that's why you'll find people who, if they're good at printmaking, they're probably good at animation if they do animation. They're good at graphic design, or the graphic designer is really good at making prints and animation. A lot of these skills do translate to several different media. Well, and it's something, too, that makes me think about how exciting it would be then to, to see all these different artists working in that same space. Is there like a, a particular game plan in terms of how, how you're going into this? Obviously, you're working with a good range of artists, but do you, have, you, have you thought about how the actual curatorial process will work setting up the show and you know, how, these, how these different artists will interact? I'm sure many of them show already together, at least in some capacity. Yeah, a lot of this has started already. Um, I know a lot of the work that's actually coming even at this point, although some of the work is still being made and in progress. So one of the first things I did when I came up with this concept is to start to, to choose who I wanted in the show and then start some communication right away saying, what do you think you'd like to put in? Here's some things of yours that I already like. Would you put that in or something similar or just basically started a dialogue to figure out what people would be sending in. And so I would know I would have X amount of video work, X amount of floor pieces, X amount of wall pieces, X amount of sculpture. And so I have tried to kind of get a, a loose idea of what that's going to be. Although at the same time, I want to be flexible because if somebody creates something really great, you know, two months before the install date, I want there to be flexibility for that and be able to, you know, be able to be in the show so thematically how the artists kind of fit together are there again themes that kind of stretch between a couple of artists or a general theme or how is how is that included in the exhibition well there are a lot of different themes so we have people like jenny schmidt uh, again, whose work is all about sort of a utopia where gender 
is broken down and there's different types of gender going on from androgyny to boys being girls to girls being boys. Then there's people like John Hitchcock, who has a background as a, a artist of Native American descent, whose work is pretty powerful dealing with issues of genocide, of, of ancestral communities, to people like Faviana Rodriguez, who does this political work, all a very in-your-face feminism. At, I know right now she's working on a body of work that's all super pro-female orgasm as in terms of reclaiming different elements of feminism. And then we have people like Amanda Lee, who has this, this very quiet body of work that looks like uh, screen prints of mattresses and interior spaces, but she has this sort of a social practice where she's for years volunteered in shelters for uh, women that are victims of domestic violence. And she works with these people and based off these experiences, read documents, these shelter spaces, and she can't actually show any of the women themselves for safety reasons. So she has these very quiet and yet elegant images of the objects from the shelters themselves. So you have this huge range of different concepts that are going on from more serious to some of that are more just playful. And that's kind of the strength, I think, so far of the exhibit is we have this diversity of concepts from being in-your-face political to being very lyrical to being social practice-based. And I hope that that gives the exhibit as a whole a greater foundation. Well, and also like a, a good opportunity then for somebody to, to check out a lot of different kinds of artwork. So again, if there's someone that, you know, maybe is looking for something that is a bit more straightforward in terms of traditional screen printing, you have that, but then you also have these other artists that are, again, kind of pushing, pushing in different ways, pushing to find new ways, new concepts, new ideas that are also very contemporary and kind of deal with that, that, that challenge of being a human uh, now. I really tried to put the exhibit together. So there's, it's kind of, there's something in it for everybody, whether it's street art, whether it's pure formalist abstraction to uh, political activism. It, I, it really does cover quite a bit of stuff. And are there going to be uh, any kind of talks or panel discussions or anything else like that that are coinciding with the uh, opening? And is it September and October? The show, the main exhibit opens September 12th, at which time there'll be a reception at this main exhibit space. The day after, there'll be a symposium. So there's going to be a few printmakers that are kind of, it's kind of, you know, to be announced at this point. But a few people have talked about coming, particularly at least uh, Dusty Herbig, who's at the University of Syracuse. So the a, a kind of an artist roundtable discussion the day after. And then at the end of the month, at the end of September, is the Troy's big gallery night. So that's when we're going to have all these satellite exhibits opening as, alongside with the main exhibit. And on, even also on the 12th, we'll have kind of the opening for the site-specific works by Tanya Torgerson, the street art. So we're going to have like a brochure and a map. So it will basically be going on a month-long thing of site-specific work, different exhibitions, a symposium. It's really much built up organically. It, honestly, it was just going to be one big exhibit. Um, but as more people got involved, people fed more ideas into it, and it's kept becoming more and more. For all I know, but between now and September, it will grow further. That This is sort of remains to be seen how it's going to you know, evolve from here. I'm noticing that you're... 
your Kickstarter is almost nearly funded, so hopefully we'll get a lot more people excited and, and uh, interested in checking it out and, and seeing uh, still how there's ways to contribute and then also support it. But tell us a little bit about um, the, the catalog and, and how the, the Kickstarter component is uh, supporting the exhibition. You know, this whole affair has been a totally do-it-yourself sort of thing. We've had no institutional money. So I started a Kickstarter to fund the publishing of an exhibition catalog because this is such a, I think, a really great exhibit. It's going to be important to have a physical catalog that we can send out to academic institutions, educational institutions, all sorts of schools, galleries, and, and so forth. But we didn't have any money for it. So we started a Kickstarter. It's done really well. It is not finished yet. We have, as I look at it right now, we have eight days to go. It's not totally funded yet. We still need some more pledges. And we have lots of great rewards that we've been giving out. A lot of different artists from John Hitchcock has donated prints. Eric Watercotty, another one of the artists, has donated an audio project that all, has all this hand-printed screen print work that's a collaboration with himself and, a, and an, another sound artist. We had a bunch of rewards that, by Midwest Press that have, uh, been, have been given away. I've donated some prints. There are some of my colleagues have donated print work. We have a very popular t-shirt design of a robot hand pulling a squeegee that kind of brings out the dichotomy between the handmade and the technology uh, inherent within screen printing. This, this shirt design has been very popular as well as some hand screen printed CMYK beverage coasters that we're still giving away. So we have lots of rewards and we're still looking for some money. The more we can put together, the better catalog we're going to be able to publish and filter you know, maybe some funds even towards extra projects. So we're really trying to push this Kickstarter. And so for anyone listening, if this project does sound great to you, please, you know, you can Google Screen Print Biennial Kickstarter. You can look up our website, screenprintbiennial.com. And all these different things will direct you to the Kickstarter. If you're feeling generous, you feel supportive, please check out this Kickstarter and consider giving so we can put this project to bed um, and make it the best project we can. Well, and just to highlight that too, I mean, one of the things that I really like about the Kickstarter is that sometimes you kind of you come across some that they're, that the rewards are kind of lame, <laughs> and so one of the things that stu- stuck out to me right away is, I mean, again, I mean, you can get some really cool, you know, handmade things. Again, there's T-shirts, there's coasters. I think it kind of talks about that that of the people kind of thing for printmaking. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's totally democratic. So we'll see. You know, some of the things on Kickstarter are shirts that are this hand printed art piece you can get for thirty five bucks. You can get these coasters, which is kind of this ridiculously elaborate hand printed thing, and you can get that for twenty bucks. And and we have some expensive art pieces, but when I say expensive, it's like one hundred twenty five bucks for a giant. 12 color screen print. So we really do run the gamut of of stuff. So there's something in it for everybody. I I think one of the things that's so great about it then too, is that it really kind of allows people to acquire artwork. You know, again, obviously this exhibition might include, you know, pieces that are much more elaborate, much more time consuming. 
animations that might take hundreds of hours, but then there's a way for people to support it or to get a catalog or, or, or things like that kind of also add to it. So again, that do-it-yourself mentality or artists kind of banding together to create these opportunities is, is again, something that's really, really exciting about the whole the whole project. Yeah, I think that there's some of the artists, these two guys, Aaron Wilson and Tim Dooley, who go by the, the, uh, the print name Midwest Press, who are in the show, they kind of say with their own work, they break the wall between the gallery and the gift shop. And so they'll, you know, they'll be printing on shirts and chipboard and paper. And there's another artist in the biennial, Sage Perot, who prints stickers and shirts and prints on paper. So a lot of the exhibits about blurring the lines between the traditional lines that people have drawn between art, fine art and design and craft. We try to explode it and offer everything. And part of that is part of the Kickstarter where you can find everything there, uh, that whole spectrum to fit what you like to see as the audience member. Are you stuck with the sole responsibility of designing this catalog or have you uh, made it a good point to delineate some of the responsibilities to some of the other artists? (laughs) You know, I've had a great core group of, again, like about a half a dozen people who have been designing different elements from the website to some of the rewards. No, I've had a very helpful team of people that's made this possible. So it wouldn't have been possible to be where it's at right now without them. Awesome. Awesome. And again, it's a, it's, it's just an exciting thing uh, to see, you know, all these artists coming together. And we were just talking about this before the podcast, all these different ways that things are changing. Artists are able to kind of take more control over things like this where they might not have had in the past. So again, it's just very exciting to see it all come together. And again, maybe we'll, we'll have you back on in the fall and figure out a, a way to do a satellite podcast from the uh, opening or something like that. Oh, that'd be great. I could show you some sort of video. And But yes, and I appreciate the opportunity. It's it's exciting. It's not because I'm saying exciting. It's for me. It's because it's it's grown beyond what I envisioned it. It's become its own thing. And I think that's what's really great. Awesome. Well, again, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me today. And again, we'll talk to you uh, in the future, sir. Thank you, David. And again, people, if you're interested in helping support this project, please check out Screen Print Biennial Catalog on Kickstarter. Thanks once again to Nathan Meltz for joining us. You can find out more about the Screen Print Biennial taking place this September and October. Again, the website screenprintbiennial.com. Remember to check out their Kickstarter and back it if you can. It's great karma, and you also get something to take away, and you also get to help out a bunch of great artists, so please back their Kickstarter. If you'd like to see some of my work, you can visit davidlinaway.com. And if you want to see it in the flesh, I do have a two-person exhibition with John Reddington opening up this Friday, March 29th, in the Cochrane Gallery at Rehoboth Beach Art League in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. It's a two-person painting show featuring a wide variety of works that we based off of the Southern Illinois region where we spent a great deal of years studying together, John and me, and also making a lot of paintings. Our music, of course, is provided by Skylar Mail, who is a multifaceted artist. He does music as well as painting and performance with groups like Gelatin. So please check out his website, SkylarMail.com. 
And speaking of podcasts, we do have a lot going on lately, so please check them all out. We've had Barry Blenman, Mel Cook, who was our 2013 MFA competition winner. Her solo exhibition just opened up at the Peoria Art Guild to a wide success, so please check that out. And also familiarizes you with the annual competition where we select nine different artists to appear on a future episode of Studio Break. Again, we have... Three different categories, BFA, MFA, and Professional. Our juror this year selecting the works is Richard Holland of the wonderful Batted Sports podcast. Details will be available in April for the May 31st deadline. Again, it will be a very straightforward process, so you'll want to stay tuned to check that out. Once again, you can easily do that by following our Tumblr page, studio-break.tumblr. You can follow us on Twitter, at Studio Break, and the easiest way probably to follow us is on our Facebook page. Again, you can like our Facebook page. We'll share announcements for our third annual competition of some of the guests that are coming up and appearing on Studio Break and things like that, so please like our Facebook page. Once again, you can also subscribe to the Studio Break podcast in iTunes, so please go ahead and do that. It's a great way to stay up to date. And also, if you like the podcast, please leave us some comments, some feedback. It generally helps the massive world of podcast listeners find new and interesting podcasts to listen to. So leaving some comments, sharing these podcasts, anything that you can do is very appreciated. We love you for it. All right, that is the end of this podcast episode. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll talk to you real soon.